the Tutors of Life podcast where we research life so you don't have to. This is your episode, God motherfuck, episode 231. This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. Now I can't put it on YouTube. Why, because I swore? Yeah. You? They don't actually stop me. <laughs> we don't get enough viewers for them to actually take that down. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, I was like, in my mind, I was like, don't fuck up the intro. And then you fucked and it I up. I fucked it up. If I just let it go and don't think about it, I usually just do it like nothing. Mm-hmm. Dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a? Tutor episode where we try to teach you something new. All right, cool. There we go. Head of the schedule right now. I'm excited. Head of schedule. You're throwing me off. What are we talking about today, Sean? Tutoring about today. I watched Alex Hermosi interview Dave Ramsey. That'd be so good. Oh, it was so beautiful. So, so beautiful. Here is some shit I love. Mm-hmm. Hermosi. Is there like a title to this episode? Like, are you... You just went. You didn't say like what we're actually tutoring on. Oh, we're going to discuss risk. Okay, there we go. Yeah, we're going to discuss risk. Okay, go ahead. Now they have context of what <clears throat> the idea is. Hermosi. Mm-hmm. Has zero debt. It's so cool. Zero debt. Mm-hmm. Dave Ramsey has zero debt. Do you know who else has zero debt? Andy Frisella. Andy Frisella. Mm-hmm. These motherfuckers are all worth nine to ten figures. Hermosi's like mid nines he's worth. Mm-hmm. Ramsey and Frisella like close to a bill. Yeah. They don't have debt. Mm-hmm. They don't have debt. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That's cool. They seriously make so much fucking income. Like. Do we know about Rob? If he has debt? Yeah. No, he doesn't. He doesn't like debt. He buys everything in cash That's as what well. I yeah, and he's worth like 30, 40 mil. Yeah. Dude. It's so crazy. These. Like. I guess that makes sense, right? Because, like, think. So, if I, if we just, like, paid Oxford off and just got to, like, take in all that cash flow, maybe Oxford's a bad Oxford, example. you picked, you literally picked the worst one. Yeah. Um, Dutchman. Okay, think how much money we just, like, would get in our pocket if we just paid Dutchman off. Right, 100%, but how are we getting 320 Gs to pay it off? Right, that one's, like, too big of one, I guess. I guess that's why I kind of picked Oxford or Ferry, because those ones, like, are smaller. So, Bergen. Bergen. That's a smaller mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. So that'd be a good one, right, to pay off. And then just like, I guess you could snowball the cash flow into the other ones until mm-hmm. they're paid off. Mm-hmm. But the thing, like it's not even, real estate isn't going to get you there fast enough. Yeah. You have to pick a vehicle. Like you have to pick a business to generate all this income. So I mean like supplements and... Alex Mosey buys businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, they started with other things. A gym. Started, started with gyms. Yeah. The thing is, what it comes down to is like finding out how to make more income. Mm-hmm. Not how to utilize what you get, but like making more income. That's mm-hmm. their whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not easy. So we need to do that and then use that money to pay off our real estate. Yeah, just figure out how to like make boatloads of money. That's cool. Anyway, so... What did they have to say about this? Any debt 
it has a risk associated with it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you have 5% debt, 10% debt, whatever. There is a certain percentage of risk when you own debt, when mm-hmm. you have debt. Um, and how, how um, Dave Ramsey puts it is any multiple by zero equals zero. Like any multiple mm-hmm. multiplied by zero compounded over any amount of time is zero. still zero. Yeah. But if you have debt, if you have anything over zero, m- compounded over time, it like increase, like mm-hmm. goes up, right? It like goes. So the point they make is like, if you have r- debt and you have risk over a long enough time horizon, you could get popped. You mm-hmm. could get caught up. And it's not even about you not being able to make the payments. Dave Ramsey said in the 80s, he had one point, he was in his early 20s, had 1.2 million in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still making his payments, tenants were still paying him and stuff, but the bank wanted money. So they called all of his notes due. Because all mortgages have uh, a call option. Like yeah. every sing- any bank can call your mortgage due today. Yeah. So like all of our loans, they could be called today if they want. Yeah. If they wanted to. Which is why we like to keep our leverage lower because they're less likely to call it. Right. Yep. But there's still risk with it because guess what? They still could. Right. And if they did, our only option would be bankruptcy. Yeah. And then everything we've worked up to this point, even though we are still paying the bills, still doing everything, it'd be gone. So, yeah, it's... It's neat because we don't think about that. Mm -hmm. We think about like, oh, for cash flowing this much, then we like, uh, like we cover the mortgage, we cover maintenance, capex, we're good, right? Yeah. We don't think about the fact that like something could happen and a bank could call you due. Now, is that going to happen? No. When was the last time banks called notes to like pretty much 08? Yeah. 09. So chance of it happening i guess if we get in a similar market you never know right you know you honestly you don't know because if they did it then and they did it back in the 80s mm-hmm. i'm sure they did it around 2000 yeah i'm sure so i mean if you think about it that way like it'll happen again let's just hope they call the people do that have low equity yeah instead of higher equity mm-hmm. so i don't know it's great it's it's interesting to think about like that because um, there is risk. There is yeah. risk associated with it. But on the other side, tax write-offs. That's why we do it. Yeah. Well, we do it for leverage and tax write-off. It's huge. It's Without it, I don't even... Yeah, I could see like obviously once you become a bigger company and you're just like... We've talked about it tons of times on here like... The tax rules are written in favor of the super wealthy mm-hmm. and like they obviously use it and people kind of think of it as a rite of passage to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I suppose, yeah, once you get to a point like, yeah, it sucks paying 50% in taxes or whatever, but it's whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting. So like those guys are all extremely successful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure their tax burden is massive. Yeah. But then you look at people um, like Robert Kiyosaki, Donald Trump, 
um, rank and yeah. right. Like those guys like that, that have debt and do cost segregations, mm-hmm. have loans, shit like that. They can bring their tax burden down yeah. drastically. Yeah. So, but anyhow, um, risk, risk. No, it's just, um, think about like your debt and how risky it can be. And, you know, do you have a car payment? Do you have multiple car payments? Do you have payments on your toys? Like, mm-hmm. do you have a payment on your house? But whatever rentals, how, how leveraged are you on your rentals? Whatever. Everything has a level of risk. Right. So, you know, in theory, you're going to have people renting out your houses for a long term. But what if one of them sits vacant for six months? Right. You got to eat that cost. Got to eat that cost. Mm-hmm. What if what if your income dries up somehow Mm -hmm. right like what so it's just it's all things to like think about more than just like cash flow i guess yeah which i thought it's just a little different way of thinking about it Mm -hmm. and i mean these guys are fucking wildly successful but they all have vehicles that make them sorry they all have vehicles that make them a lot of money yeah so for the average joe it's so difficult it's so difficult. The only thing you can do is keep your risk and burden down by like not having personal debt mm-hmm. and only having debt in like assets. Yeah. It's a way to look at it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's like the first stage of risk. The second part, which um, this actually, this was awesome to hear. And this is how this thing that Dave Ramsey said when he was interv- interviewed by Graham Stephan mm-hmm. is why Hermosi does what he does. Okay. Interesting. So, Graham Stephan, Dave Ramsey had the interview. And at the end of the interview, he goes, Hey, Dave, will you look over my portfolio and tell me if I'm too heavy on real estate or if I need to diversify my portfolio more or what? And Dave says to him, before I look at this, how much knowledge, what percentage of knowledge do you think you have in real estate compared to like stocks, mutual funds, bonds, cryptos, stuff like that? Graham's like, well, hmm, I would say, I'd say 85% of my knowledge is in real estate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, sounds good. And he broke down like whatever, few percent crypto, few percent stocks, but whatever, right? Okay, cool. So Dave takes the paper, reads it over. Sure enough, Graham's got around 85% of his portfolio in real estate. And then a couple other things. He goes, this for you is perfectly balanced. Like this is a perfectly balanced portfolio for you. Now, would this be a perfectly balanced portfolio for me? Absolutely not. But for you, it would be because that's what your knowledge knowledge is. So go off of like, if you're 100% knowledge in real estate, don't try to invest in a business or right. don't try to invest in stocks and bonds and crypto. Like if you're 100% knowledge on real estate, do 100% real estate. Right. So at that time, Hermosi was like thinking about all these like, because he got, had $40 million from his bio. That was his first portion of his bio was $40 million. Um, and so he's like, okay, what do I do with 40 mil? He was looking at like... um properties and stuff and he's looking at like putting five million down on these properties so his like 25 percent down would be five mil so he's looking at like 20 to 25 million dollar properties and he's like 
he said he'd get to the finish line and he would just back out because he's like, ah, I just don't understand it. I don't know if it's a good deal. Like you guys are telling me it's a good deal, but I don't know if it's a good deal. I don't understand it. And so he watched that video, saw that video, and he was like, oh, I know how to scale business. I understand business. He went to Layla. He said, Layla, forget everything else. This is what we're doing. Acquisitions.com. All we're doing is acquiring businesses. That's so cool. Boom. That's what they do now. Fucking genius. Mm-hmm. Forget everything else. Fuck the fuck the 401ks, the mutual funds, the real estate. Fuck it all. Mm-hmm. Buying businesses. I thought that was sick. Yeah. That's so smart. I mean, that's like something we don't, I mean, like you're very knowledgeable in business, but we've never bought a business. We've never done right. that p- portion or scaled a business, really. Mm-hmm. Kind of, but not, not near. Not enough. Right. So, yeah, that's that's a cool thing to think about. I guess that's something we've never broken down. Right. I mean, if we put all of our and time, like, effort, and knowledge into it, though. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, and so doing it that way, I mean, that really lowers your risk of, like, what you're doing. Drastically. Yeah. And what better way to have wild income than buying businesses, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So anyways, that was, that's the whole part of risk is, is like the percentage knowledge you have of it, that's the percentage you should be focused on it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you know 90% construction, well, you should probably be focusing 90% of your time on construction. construction yeah. So, um, yeah, it's super, like, cause if you think about, and but then there's, there's other aspects, sorry, there's other aspects of diversifying. And, like, becoming a master of a new skill and shit like that. So, you, you like, take that into effect, too. Um, But, yeah, it's... Think of what you can do with that knowledge you currently have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I do like thinking about the debt thing. Because that really... Like, having more debt really makes it, like, risky in the fact of, like, selling your business. Right, because we have lots of debt. Mm-hmm. Why would someone want to buy into your business if you have lots of debt on that business? Right. Yep. Like you're, yeah, you're making a huge liability instead of an asset. Well, because then you're buying a liability. Right. Yeah. Um. So it's like interesting to think about it in that way too. Like, by taking on that debt, you are risking your business in a lot of different ways. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, do you think about that with like your car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right, you have the chance, like, if you bought your car at an expensive price, and let's say car prices plummet, okay, well, now you want to trade your car in because it's getting too old. Well, your car's worth $5,000 less than what you owe on your loan. Right, so now you got to come to the table with five grand just to, like, break even into going in a new car, or you're going to roll negative equity over, because they let you roll your negative equity, Yeah. so they can keep getting paid. Now you're rolling negative equity into your next vehicle, and then you do it to your next vehicle, and then your next vehicle, and, then, and you're just rolling all this negative equity down, 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 downhill. Um, I don't know, dude. It's it's so true, and it's just like um, at the end of the day, like Dave Ramsey says, cash is king. It really is. Mm-hmm. There's so much to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been houses like. That like we've taken the offers that are all cash, um, we've been outbid by offers that are all cash. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is really a good way to go. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
That's not our game. No. It could be someday, but not it definitely right now. right now. It would be, I think I would like that 10, 15 years from now. I'm going to tell you actually the only way I'll ever do that. Why? How? Age. So if I'm over 50 years old, age is one. The other way, if we mm. ever go to a flat tax. Mm-hmm. If we go to a flat tax, I'll do it. Yeah, that would make sense. But right now, with how the tax laws are and stuff. Yeah, you can write interest <sighs> off, so it makes sense. Leverage. Leverage interest. It just, it makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And so, but if that changes and we get a flat tax ever, I don't. I don't necessarily care about, like, I understand, like, you get, well, I guess you get a couple things, right? So, you get your debt pay down, Mm -hmm. um, you get depreciation, you get appreciation. And so, I guess when you look at, like, getting into properties with low money down, the more properties you can have, the, the higher your upside is at the end of the day, right? Yeah. I mean, you got higher risk, for sure. But your upside so much higher too because if we've got five paid off properties but someone's got 20 properties leveraged, in 20 years, we had five properties that appreciated. Yeah. In 20 years, they have 20 properties that appreciated. So it doesn't even matter what the fuck we made in, ca- in cash flow those five years or those, those 20 years yeah. because those 20 properties just ass fucked us with value at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, that's a way to look at it, too, is, like, your your total asset, you know, your total asset, what's the whole picture of the asset, mm-hmm. which is, you know, if you have a loan on it, you got debt pay down, you got tax, you got depreciation, you got appreciation. Um, so, like, I don't, when our houses get paid off, just, like, once the loan is done in 25 years, yeah, like, I don't want to refinance to get that money back out. No, probably not. I'd probably just keep them at that point. Okay, cool. I'm really hoping in 25 years that I've done enough things right that I won't even give a fuck about that money. Yeah. That's my plan. Okay, cool. If we haven't done that, we fucked up. Uh-huh. We fucked up. So. Anything else on risk? Um. No. That was the, the, main, sh- that was the main shit. It was just those two things from... And that's Ten. it. The last thing I'll say about it is Tyler made a post. Yes. About being financially free. Mm-hmm. This kind of goes off the same topic. Um, financially free, you can use it for your own term however you want. Um, financially free, a lot of people think is like you don't have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Like you can survive without having to go to work, which, yeah, that's that's like financially free. But... Um, a lot of people, a couple people said, listen to Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Some people said, do a W2, put, put money into your 401k. And then there was a lot of dumbass comments. Um, Ryan, I think had the best comment, Yeah, which was, um, um, follow the people or like find the people that you want to be like financially mm-hmm. and do what they say. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally that simple. And that's how like. So many of the guys I've listened to said that about like character and like whatever, like find the person you want to be like and mimic what they do. Mm -hmm. If there's someone with great character, mimic what that person does. And then anytime you have like a moral battle within yourself, go, what would that person do? And then that's how you act. Yeah. And so it'd be the same thing with finances is like, if you want to be like Dave Ramsey, 
follow Dave Ramsey and do exactly what he says. Just anytime you're in a situation where you're like, oh, should I, uh, should I like whatever the fuck buy this, these new shoes with my credit card? Mm -hmm. You know, should I buy, what would Dave Ramsey do? No, he'd wait to buy the shoes till he has the cash. Yeah. Okay, boom, done. Too easy. If you like Grant Cardone, if you like Grant Cardone, what does Grant Cardone do? Fucking big apartments, doesn't buy anything under like 36 units. He, um, he leverages and then he uses other people's money to do the deal. Mm -hmm. So what would you do? You, anytime you're in question, well, I'm not going to buy a duplex. Yeah. I'm going to find money. I'm going to look for a 36 plus unit and I'm going to get debt. If that's who you want to be like, that's what you do. You know what I'm saying? So it's very much, I, 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 you he couldn't say any better. Yeah. Just. And do that with like everything. Do right? that with fucking everything in your life. Find somebody or it doesn't even, it doesn't, one person, it, don't ever s- mimic um, one person One person for everything, but take a little bit of every person Yeah. and then make it your own person. Like we love like Andy and how he runs his business. So like, obviously we're going to listen to Andy about running his business. You like how Grant Cardone leverages his money. So you should listen to Grant Cardone. Right. For the financial side. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah. I like that. It works. Take some stuff from everyone. Yeah. And just do that. And you should listen to more than one person anyway. Listen to so many other people on one. Yeah, that's... I mean... Sorry. That's the issue I mean, we're having in society anyways right now. It's just too many people are so focused on like their one news source and mm-hmm. that news source isn't the best so yep it's good to look around that's what we got and that's, that's why risk. that's why i haven't finished the comparing countries podcast yet okay we'll get there anyways cool um next week i think we might review a little bit on um not using apps yeah yeah Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned something. See you.